grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, my brothers, my sisters. A friend of mine really impressed me with his gift-giving ability toward his wife. Every time she was talking about something that she wanted, he was there taking notes. And so months and months went by. It was time for him to give his wife the present. She unwrapped it, and it was something that she had only briefly mentioned wanting months and months in advance. And she felt ecstatic. She felt seen. She felt heard. She felt like he was really listening, and that's impressive because I'm not quite on that level. You can ask my wife. No, in my family and in my extended family, we rely on Christmas lists. Do you guys do that? Christmas lists are so nice because they remove all of the guesswork. You know that the person you're buying for, it, your gift is going to be a home run because it's something that they told you that they wanted. But Christmas, Christmas lists only work if the person you're buying for knows what they want. If they don't, and they just sit down and take a bunch of guesses in October, then the, by, by the time December rolls around, they don't really want that stuff anymore, and they're not exactly setting you, setting you up for success, are they? What's on your Christmas list? You can tell me what's on your, your actual Christmas list, your material Christmas list. Are you waiting this year? Finally, this year is when you're going to get a PS5 or a new tie or a new car or that pair of socks that you really, really want. What's on your other Christmas list? The one you don't talk about. The one you don't bring up to anyone. Maybe it's because of what you would ask for. The problems you do want solved are too personal, too dark, reveal too much about you. But maybe also because you're convinced no one can do anything about these problems, so it's pointless to even bring them up. That is why Christmas is so special, brothers and sisters, because Jesus Christ was born as the greatest gift of all time. He was born, Scripture says, as a light into our darkness. He was born to illuminate our minds. We were ignorant of how lost we were, and now we are saved in him. He was born to be our Savior. He was born as such a wonderful gift, and now we see how wonderful he is. And at the same time, we can't help but see how desperately we needed him. That before Christ, before faith in Christ, we didn't even know what kind of mess we were all in because of our sin. But after Christ, you see not, not only how lost you were, but how great this gift of Jesus actually is. You see that you are not on your own, that you are not in the dark. You see that before Christ, you had lived a lie, that you had lived a lie that it was up to you to make your life okay, that it was up to you to make an answer happen to all of your stress. It was up to you to make something out of yourself. That's what life is like without Christ. And even though we have Christ, even though we know Christ, is it possible, brothers and sisters, that that lie could creep its way back in, back into our minds or back into our hearts? 
Is it possible that we could behave like spiritual babies? You probably know that it takes eight months for a baby to develop what's called object permanence. That mom can leave the room and the baby knows that mom hasn't stopped existing or has died, but she still is there, she still exists, she's just around the corner. It takes eight months usually for a baby to develop this skill, to be able to tell that mom is still alive and she's still in my life when I don't see her. Question is, is it possible for us to lose our spiritual object permanence? That Jesus, the object of our hope, the object of our trust, the object of our faith, if it seems like he's gone, or if we're focused on something else, we completely forget that he exists. That we, in this busy season leading up to Christmas, when there's so much to do, so much work and play to be done, so much to prepare for, so much to purchase, so much to focus on. In these weeks before Christmas, when the whole rest of the world is thinking about stuff and parties and travel and things, and we get wrapped up in that too, is it possible that we could lose sight of Christ himself? The reason, as they say, for the season. And buy into that lie again, that we are on our own, that it's up to us to make something of ourselves. But to buy further into the lie and believe that that is even possible. And thereby forget what Paul said to Timothy in his letter, that there is but one God against whom or with whom we have to answer for the guilt of our sin. Brothers and sisters, the greatest gift of all time is not going to be found under a tree or wrapped up in paper. It is going to be found in the manger. Because that gift that was born and placed in the manger 33 years later stepped up and ascended across where he died for you, where he paid the penalty for your sin, where he shed his blood, Paul says, as a ransom for you and me buying your freedom. But what's even more beautiful, or just as beautiful, is that Christ not only has forgiven your sins, but he's not done with you yet. He continues to intercede for you before the Father. He continues to be our mediator, our go-between, Paul says. It's like if you were a teenager looking for a job, And your dad is personal friends with the owner of the hardware store. So he says, you know what, let me go talk to him, see if he'll hire you. It's like when if you're facing pretty intense charges and your lawyer says, well, I'll talk to the judge and see if I can get him to soften up a little bit. It's like when you come home with a scathing report card, grades so bad you don't even know what happened. And your mom says, you know what, I'm going to talk to your teacher and see if we can do something about this. There is something so comforting about somebody else who's more powerful, more authoritative, and more capable than you stepping into your place, taking up your case. You know that the owner of that hardware store is much more likely to hire you if his personal friend, your dad, says you're a good hire. 
you know that your lawyer is going to be much more capable of reasoning with a judge than you were on your own. You know that your mom is probably better at negotiating with a teacher than you yourself are. And you know where we would be if Christ were not interceding for us before the Heavenly Father. We would be on our own, having to plead our own case, having to answer for our own sins, and you know where that lands us in hell. But that's why Christ was born. He was born to take our place. And that's why Christ lives and reigns even now. He lives to be our mediator. Good, good Christians here, for sinners here, the silent word continues to plead. He says, allow me. Allow me to take your place in front of God's wrath. Allow me to give God, my Heavenly Father, what he demands of you, because I know you, couldn't, you never could, but I will. Allow me to die on a cross to suffer the death that you deserve so that you never will have to. And he continues to intercede for us. You have to wonder what that conversation is like, don't you? It's a divine mystery. It's something that we can't fully wrap our heads around. God talking to God. God the Father hearing the case of God the Son. Of this divine conversation within the Trinity happening. What does that even sound like? Maybe it sounds like Jesus saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Maybe it sounds like, Father, there is no need for wrath because I have paid the penalty already. Father, I have satisfied what your law demands in their place. They are free. They are now your own dear child. Why would God do this for us? Why would God go to this extent to save people who were blind, who were enemies, who were spiritually dead? Well, Paul says it in the lesson, doesn't he? He says, God wants to. He says it as simply as possible. God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Because there is only one God, and there's only one way that we're going to get right with God. It's through the mediator, Jesus Christ. And this was witnessed to you at the proper time. Brothers and sisters, you were blind, but now you see. You were dead, but now you are alive. You were ignorant to how lost you were without Jesus, but now that you have Jesus, and now you are connected with him through the gospel, you have knowledge, the knowledge of the truth that you and I are saved by grace. Why did God do this? It wasn't because we earned or deserved it. You know that, but it's because that was who he is. That is his desire. He wants to save. He wants to love you. He wants to forgive you. He wants you in his family. You can include yourself in that group, Paul says, all people. You're part of all people. Therefore, you are part of the group that God wants to save. But you know what that means? It means that everyone you know is also in that group regardless of who they are, regardless of how they relate to you, regardless of what they have done, regardless of what they have done to you, the, everyone you know, everyone you come into contact with is someone God wants to save. 
And there's only one way that's going to happen. The one way that it happened for you. Thank God for whoever it was that shared Jesus with you for the first time. For many of us, thank God for our parents who brought us to the fountain of baptism and had us baptized. Thank God for the wise counsel and mentors of good Christians who have shown us again and again that our faith and confidence rests in Christ alone. Those were the gifts. Those were people sent by God. Those were God fulfilling his own desire to save you. What do you think God wants to do with you and me? Brothers and sisters, you are already poised to give the greatest gift this Christmas, and it's absolutely no cost to you. Because you don't know what you don't know. Just like you and I didn't know, didn't realize how lost we were without Jesus, there are many people still living in this condition who don't realize how much they need Christ, don't realize what Christ has to offer. They're still walking around in spiritual ignorance. They do not have the, tr- the knowledge of the truth yet. So all that it is, really, brothers and sisters, is sharing the knowledge that we have, the knowledge of the one most important truth, that there is one God to whom we must answer for our sins, and there is but one mediator, one way to be saved, and that's through that baby in the manger. That's through the God born as man, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. That's what we're going to celebrate this Christmas. And that's what we want to share with everyone. Amen.